My name is Ben Greenfield, and on this episode of the Ben Greenfield Life Podcast. I believe that you could eat correctly, you could exercise ideal routine, get all the sleep you want, but if your hormones are low or extremely low, you're swimming upstream. Faith, family, fitness, health, performance, nutrition, longevity, ancestral living, biohacking, and a whole lot more. Welcome to the show. Let's talk about your gut. Is it super, super duper? Well, if it's not, then I got to tell you about this stuff. It's called Super Gut. They recently sent me a bunch. And what it is designed to do is nourish the healthy bacteria in your small intestine, but without giving you like crazy gas and stuff like a lot of this fiber does. So it's a resistant starch fiber mix. It's this clean vegan gut health booster. In one placebo controlled trial, super guts resistant starch shakes were proven to reduce hemoglobin A1C, which is your your blood sugar, by 0.7%. In 12 weeks. That's actually pretty significant. The resistant starch fiber mix lowered blood sugar 22 to 42% two hours after a meal. It's not a secret that having fiber with a meal will lower your blood sugar, but this stuff like blows the other fiber mixes out of the water. It comes in packets. You have one packet of super gut balancing fiber to like your morning coffee or your smoothie that gives you eight friggin' grams of prebiotic fiber to your entire morning routine. That's significant. Prebiotics are like food for the good bacteria in your gut. So go to supergut.com slash Ben and use code Ben20 for 20% off your first purchase of Supergut Gut Balancing Fiber Mix. That's supergut.com slash Ben and use code Ben20. In the morning, I wake up, stumble downstairs after I've brushed my teeth and done my coconut oil pulling, my tongue scraping and all my silly Ayurvedic stuff in the bathroom. I pour myself a giant mason glass full of water. And I put into that water, vitamin C and baking soda, but then these two other ingredients that are an amazing source of both electrolytes and hydrogen, the former being extremely dense minerals, super clean, harvested from phytoplankton blooms in the ocean. The second one being one of the best selective antioxidants to know in humankind with so much research behind it for making you feel well and battling inflammation throughout the day without quelling healthy inflammatory processes. So the first one's called Quinton Minerals. The second one is called Active H2 Hydrogen Tablets. Okay, so that's the giant mason glass of water, baking soda, vitamin C, Quinton, and hydrogen tablets. You feel so good. You don't cramp during the day. You have high energy levels. You're not as sore. I do this again in the mid-afternoon to kind of like recharge my day. You have a great bowel movement about an hour later. It's so good. I've done podcasts with the water researcher named Robert Slovak, who I think is one of the smartest water guys out there, besides my dad, Gary Greenfield, who's also pretty smart. And Robert Slovak, uh, he has basically the best website ever for biohacking and upgrading your water using all sorts of cool things like Quinton, Active H2, and a whole lot more. So you go to waterandwellness.com slash greenfield. And if you use code greenfield over there, it'll give you 10% off of everything. Waterandwellness.com slash greenfield and use code greenfield for 10% off of everything. I recommend you start with the Quinton and the H2 tablets. Enjoy. It's close to Thanksgiving, which is kind of crazy. But honestly, I'm excited. I love Thanksgiving because I love turkey. And I want you to have free turkey. Yeah, you heard me. Free turkey, 10 to 14 pounds of free turkey. That's right. Butcher Box is at it again. 
I know the main course for Thanksgiving dinner can sometimes be a main source of stress, especially if you're like me and you promise your wife you're going to go out and hunt turkey. You often come back empty handed and then you have to call up folks like Butcher Box and actually order a turkey in full humility. That's happened to me a few times. Not anymore. ButcherBox is offering all of us free turkey with our first order. You go to butcherbox.com slash Ben. Butcherbox.com slash Ben. You get one 10 to 14 pound turkey free in your first box. That's butcherbox.com slash Ben. Ultimate convenience, incredible value, peace of mind. You know the meat's well sourced, tastes great. They got free range organic chicken, grass fed beef, pork that's raised crate free, wild caught seafood, you name it. Butcherbox.com slash Ben. Get your turkey gobble gobble. Hey folks, you are about to hear a podcast, one of my world famous walking podcasts with a new friend of mine named Larry North. I met Larry at a private event in Dallas, Texas, where I was uh, speaking for uh, an investment firm down there. Larry, it turns out, is an OG in fitness. The dude has 35 years on talk radio and is a big expert in health, fitness, nutrition, weight loss. Uh, He has generated hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue for these big weight loss programs that he's run. Uh, He now is an investment advisor to a firm called Satori uh, for many of their health and wellness initiatives. Both he and and his wife, Brenda, who uh, does some fantastic things like guided meditations and is very impressive in her own right are just a fantastic couple. I'm blessed to know them. And Larry and I wound up going on a walk and talking about everything from hormone optimization to entrepreneurship to Larry's background in fitness and how he's seen fitness change in America over the past several decades and plenty more. So you're going to dig this one. Here we go. Larry, I got to admit, like when I'm doing a podcast with a dude who's got 35 years of talk radio experience i get a little bit a little bit nervous you know because because talk radio is like that that's before podcasting right yeah that was before podcasting but let me tell you this when i first got the show i was so excited i get a call from the program director i'd already been a guest on another guy's show that was sort of my interview so to speak you mean when you got your talk radio got, show? Yeah. So, yeah, so I got the show. I'm in my 20s. I just sort of manifested it. I, I, I didn't even know what a program director was. I show up to this popular talk station. I ask, who's in charge? And I end up going in. Uh, they say, okay, Dan Bennett, this guy agrees to meet me. I tell him my idea. He goes, well, what are you going to do, exercise people over the radio? He's being sarcastic. Right. Like I said, the Richard Simmons I of talk said, radio yeah. or something. I said, no, I'm going to encourage. I'm going to inspire. I'm going to yeah. give them tips, hints. I'm going to have great guests. And so he goes, that was my idea. I look, at him, I look at him like, what is he talking about? He goes, well, I called Dr. Ken Cooper, who's pretty famous in these parts, yeah. and he turned me down. So he goes, okay, write your stuff down. I end yeah. up being a guest on this guy's show, so listen to this. You mean Ken Cooper, like the, old, like the yeah. aerobic guy? Yeah, the aerobic yeah. guy. So, yeah. so he turned it down. He didn't want to have any interest in it. So I'm a guest on the David Gold show, and then two weeks later, I, on my voice, you had voice recorders back then. Right. This guy, Dan Bennett, he goes, Larry... This is Dan Bennett from KLIF. I've got some good news and not so good news. The good news is 
you now have your own radio show called The Weekend Workout with Larry North. <laughs> I said, oh, my God. And I'm literally shaking. I'm so freaking excited. Yeah. He goes, but it starts at 7 a.m. on Sundays. Oh, 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. So that's like the worst time slot in the history of talk radio. Oh, see, I didn't know so, that. So, Because podcast, you just push them out. And, and yeah. uh, you know, there's, there's certain days that are optimal to release a podcast. When people yeah. listen to it, they want to listen to it. So here's what happened, though, within three months. I was what you would call primetime weekend. It became the real weekend workout with Larry North, 10 to 12, Saturday and Sundays, and the rest is sort of history. And I found a great love for talk radio because you're taking questions. These are real questions, real people. And that, that was the format people would call in? Yep, they'd call in, and I did my magic. What kind of questions would people call in with? Just like, what, what should I eat, or what kind of workout should I yeah, do today? That, you that, that you know, it's interesting. There was always the surreal caller. Guy calls in, you could tell he's nervous. I'm trying to, yeah. hey, Gary, everything's fine. You know, just, just be yourself, just ask your question. He goes, well, I've been listening for a while. It took a lot of courage for me to pick up the phone. Well, well, how can I help you? Well, Larry, I'm ashamed to say that I'm 450 pounds. I'm 200 pounds overweight. I lost my job, I lost my family, and I just didn't even know where to start. I just oh, need, I need guidance. And sometimes you would get that call. Yeah. And also sometimes you get a call saying, hey, you know, I've, I've gotten lean, but I just can't seem to lose that last five or 10 pounds. Right. You know, or, hey, I, I eat out all the time. What can I order when I eat out? So it just, it just sort of the, the caller dictated the topic. Yeah, yeah. And your experience at that point, like, like when you go and you pitch a show like this, what were you doing in the fitness world at that point? Were you like a trainer? Yeah, or so, so that's a good question. Like just a fitness enthusiast? Well, no, I, I actually, at a very early age, I knew that I was unmanageable personality. So I knew that I had to work for myself. An unmanageable personality. Yeah, you can't manage me. I, yeah. I, the only rules yeah. I follow that's, are the ones I make yeah, up, that's, that, that kind of that's thing. That's code speak for an entrepreneur, right? Yeah, absolutely. So at age 21, I just decided to create it, sort of like fill the dreams. I just got a business card, a brochure, and I became a personal trainer. And if I'm not one of the first trainers in North Texas, I'm in the conversation. Now, 35 years ago, did you have to get like a certification to be a trainer, no, or you just have no. to be a gym junkie? Gym junkie, but there were, there were no certifications. Where were you going to go to get it? I guess you could get a, a you could get a four year degree, but yeah. even we know a lot of those four year degrees in exercise science don't always apply to real world training scenarios. Yeah, that was my experience. I, I learned a lot about science, but when it came to actually motivating people, when it came to dealing with people's daily schedules and their kids, when it came to like, oh, here's the ideal diet, and then oh, you're eating out at the restaurant four days a week, and then you're having breakfast during your 45 minute commute to work. Like, there's so many curveballs that you don't learn right. in exercise science no. degrees. And so here's what's interesting too. So my mom was really a pioneer, an early stage founder of Overeaters Anonymous. So my mom- I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, my mom struggled with her weight uh, tremendously. In fact, she was the youngest of five. She's very healthy now. She's gonna be 89 next next month. But she, she was like, they called her fat bevy. Like it was really bad. And I, I saw what it did to her just emotionally, just growing up as a child. So the one thing I do really well, I believe, is I have what I would call strong sensitivity training. Okay. For people that really struggle with weight, like really struggle, it's painful. And yeah. they need more uh, nurturing. In our industry, what I found up at that time 
is that a lot of trainers had what I would call a holier-than-thou mentality. Yeah. And so I would say I was real approachable. You mean they were kind of like judgmental? Yeah, and like, unfit, I, fi- unfit, I figured, I figured out how come you haven't. You're yeah. lazy. Yeah. Quit being lazy. Yeah. You know, sh- shut your pie hole. You know, that was sort of the, the what a lot of people had gotten that kind of energy where I'm saying, hey, think about this. That technology you were using, it just wasn't the right technology. You were never going to lose the weight, but you had the spirit to try it. So if you're doing something good for yourself, at least that's a start. Yeah. And that's where I would take it from there. Yeah. And you did this for 35 years every week? 35 years uh, every weekend. Jeez. And so every you've, weekend. you've no doubt seen a lot of trends come and go in the fitness industry. Like yesterday... You know, the, the reason that you and I are together here in Dallas today is yesterday we had like an event, like a private event, and it was me and a couple other guys lecturing, and we were doing like infrared light and hyperbaric and pulsed electromagnetic field therapy and, uh, and, and you know, the Vasper machine and vibration platforms and BFR training, all this crazy stuff that I'm sure really wasn't that available or that popular 35 years ago. Is is this just like kind of how fitness has gone for the past 35 years? Like all these technologies come and go with people looking for a shortcut or what's your experience? I know it's a big question, but I I just love to hear from somebody who's who's been in this for that long. Well, well, thank you. One, the core issue that most people struggle with is still the same. It's still them trying to gather all the information they can to be able to lose weight and more importantly, keep it off. So that's still the same. General population, it's, it's just that we have better science now. We have better knowledge. What has changed dramatically, honestly, are people like yourself. Just the, the, the level of intellectual people that have chosen to, to break into this field has changed the whole field completely. So it's like you just have so many higher sources to go. And back then, think about it. It was talk radio. There was not only was there no podcast. There was no Internet. There was no YouTube. There was nothing. Books, which was great. But that was about it. Yeah. I mean, to to me, it it seems like and I, I might be totally wrong here, but sometimes if you put me in a room like a blank room with, let's say, like a kettlebell and an exercise bike, like there's no other choice. I just know what to do. You know, I'll right. do some swings, I'll do a Tabata cell, do some push-ups, etc. Now in like the information overload era or walking into a gym like, you know, like Gold's or whatever where there's 800 different pieces of fitness equipment, it's almost like there's a paralysis by analysis. There's so many choices, there's so many experts, there's so many yeah. voices, there's so many options, there's so many diets from keto to vegan to carnivore. I mean, it's, it seems like the complexity is, is almost in some ways, potentially doing people a disservice or confusing people when all they need is the simplicity of just moving their body. You know what I say sometimes? I'm so confused that you're so confused, meaning meaning the end user. There there, there is a lot, but at the same time, you could take that to your advantage is first thing, what's the goal? What, what, What does one want to actually accomplish? I think with, when I think of Ben Greenfield, I think of being able to, no matter where you're at, to being able to go to a higher level. So a lot of the people, I know people that listen to your podcast and others like you, that they become pretty knowledgeable. 
Like yeah. they just study it enough that they become pretty knowledgeable. That they, it, it, there's a trickle down effect to people they live with, people they work with. I think having access to more knowledge is only a good thing. Yeah. At the end of the day, I don't think that there's that much confusion because at the end of the day, it's not so much what works, it's what works best. But also, what is the person wanting to accomplish? And I still believe that most people still want to be able to lose fat and lose weight as a starting point. And it's real interesting. We talked about talk radio. In the early days, they used to call it dancing on air if nobody called into your show. Dancing on air. Yeah, because no one's calling <laughs> in. Like, I'm, I'm like almost begging for callers. Yeah. So I would say... Hey everyone, this is Larry North. It's the weekend workout. Give me a call, 214-787-1570. Today, I'm gonna help you get healthier. You hear that? You hear nothing. What do you do? Nobody do you calls. Then, I, next break, I say, hey everybody, we're gonna jam the phone lines because I'm gonna teach you how to lose a pants or a dress size in less than one week. I'm gonna teach you how to look good in that bikini this summer. Now all of a sudden, the, lo- the phones light up. Yeah. So th- here's what's changed. People do want to look good, but 35 years later, they do want to be healthier. Yeah. That's the biggest difference. Right. It was all about vanity. Now it's a combination. People, Which we now know aesthetics is not synonymous yeah. with health. Correct. Yeah. And so I think people want to be healthier. So if they could just learn, like yesterday, I walked away with at least three or four good nuggets that I really wasn't totally aware of or didn't have an understanding when you spoke. And that's all you need. Just get started with a few nuggets and makes a big difference. Yeah, yeah. You, you obviously, when you're, when you're doing something like talk radio, I would imagine, especially in the, you know, those, those spaces of dead air or silence, you got to tell stories as well. And one thing I've noticed about you is like, you, you seem to do a good job telling stories. Well, Are there so. any that, that, were like, that, were, that were stories that you felt were particularly remarkable or memorable that you found yourself using on your show? Well, you know, I believe everybody has a story and there's nothing like a story that happens to be the truth. And so I have so many. Uh, When I did go into the radio show, I always had a a full outline of material that I could cover if someone didn't didn't actually call in. But yeah, I mean, really, there's so many. What was the Coach Wheeler one you were telling me about? Okay, so this is a good, good, good place to start. So I moved to Dallas. I'd been in grade school in the 60s in Las Vegas, junior high, part of high school in New York. Ended up coming to Texas at age 15, but not under the best of circumstances. My father was a real degenerate, abusive, compulsive gambler. Oh man. Grew up in Brooklyn, seventh grade education. My mom's nothing but a sweet, pure love space human being. But seeing her abused the way it was and this lifestyle that we were living, couldn't do it anymore. Dad in and out of jail, in and out of prison. So we made a move, big move. And we had the courage to finally do it and break away from his chains. Guess where we went? Las Vegas, Nevada. Because oh, yeah. my dad was banned from Vegas at that time. This is oh, the wow. late seventies. Yeah. So we get there. My mom says, nope, not raising my kids in their children's temple. Mom, where are we gonna go? We just drove across the country in a beat up old car. She says, Houston, Texas. Houston, we're from New York. Uh, Texas, we don't know anybody. She says, that's the point. We're gonna start a brand new life, Larry. And that's where we're headed. Well, if you are on I-75 to Houston from Dallas, 
that's how you get there. Yeah. Our car imploded and we got stuck at a motel and we never left. And that's how you wound up in Dallas. Yes. And you're and still here. I'm still here. So I had to go to high school and it was, it was rough for me at first, you know, just carrying the burden of my, what, what's going on in our personal life. And there was a, a redneck guy. I mean, his coach Wheeler as mean as the day is long. And he was the coach of the high school? Head football coach of the high school. And you have okay. to understand, they have a lot of, uh, a lot of power in Texas, a yeah. 5A coach. Yeah, well, football is kind of like the thing in Texas. The thing. And for whatever reason, he just had a bullseye on me. This guy was brutal to me. I mean, he really was to the point where my mom even complained to the school board. And he would have been absolutely outed if he did the stuff today that he did to me back then. But there it is. I couldn't wait to get out of high school, couldn't wait to get out of, away from him. Fast forward 10, 12 years. I'm doing my radio show live from Minyard Supermarket. Yeah. And I, I used to love live remotes because you get to really see people like, yeah. like yesterday. Yeah. And so I've got a pretty good crowd. They pumped my radio show into the speakers of the supermarket. Oh, and, wow. And I'm like, hey, everyone, this is Larry North. Weekend workout, we're at Minyard, blah, blah, blah. Who do you think I see out of the corner of my eye? Uh, is it Coach Wheeler? Coach Wheeler. <laughs> he, he looked the same, a little different, a little thinner. Yeah. But I recognized him immediately. And my, my palms immediately got clammy. My legs started shaking. I had to go right. into the break. You got that subconscious stress yeah. response, oh, oh, even time. though you didn't need to be afraid of him anymore. No, it was, it was a fight or flight. And, and I went into a commercial break. break and I, I'll be honest with you. I was a lot bigger. Yeah. I was a lot, I, I, I wanted revenge. Yeah. And I thought I could whoop his ass now, but then that's stupid, that's not me. Right. But I thought of it. Yeah. But then I hoped he would just disappear. Maybe just came in from milk and cookies. I come back and on radio live remote, there's no delay, there's no dump button. Who do you think's holding that microphone? Oh my gosh. Lionel, remember me? I said, yeah, you Coach Wheeler. Made your life a little miserable, didn't I? You want to know the truth? You did. Now, this is on, it, you could hear a pin drop. This is, this is all live this in the grocery store. This is live in the grocery store. You can hear a pin drop in that grocery store. And he said, well, do you know why I'm here today, Larry North? I said, no, no, Mr. Wheeler, I do not. Let me tell you, three years ago, I was diagnosed with cancer. I had all that chemotherapy, that radiation. Not too long ago, my doctor said, Larry, there's nothing, Coach Wheeler, there's nothing more we could do for you. But here's a show that you ought to listen to. He wrote your show down with your name. Oh. And I'm not telling you that I missed it because I never missed it. But when I missed it, I taped it and I listened to it all week. And I'm not here asking for your forgiveness, Larry North. I'm here today and I'm begging for your forgiveness. I'm so sorry. Oh, wow. You didn't deserve it. You're a good person. You're a good man. And I don't know why I did it, but I'm sorry. Please forgive me. And all of a sudden, he puts the mic down and he walks off. Now I have the mic. Yeah. Coach Wheeler, please come back here. Keeps walking. Coach Wheeler, I talk louder and I have a loud voice. Yeah. And he gets to the doors that open. Instead of going out of them, he comes back. I said, Coach, you, you didn't even let me respond. Yeah, you were pretty miserable to me. And yes, I didn't deserve it. But I'll tell you right now, and I carried him. I know I carried this Coast Wheeler ghost in my back. I said, I forgive you. 
I do wow. forgive you. My heart forgives you. But I'm going to tell you one thing. I don't know if you came here seeking my forgiveness. My advice is look in the mirror. Look in the mirror and forgive that person you see. Forgive yeah. yourself, Coach Wheeler. He did say one word. He left. Never heard from him again, but I heard that he passed away six months probably from the time of that show. Wow. And that's powerful. But then I get in the car. My mom happened to be there that day. And my mom gets in the car with me. We're just sort of numb. You're numb when your nemesis has come and basically on a knee begging for forgiveness. Yeah. And I said, Mom, you're a little bit like that coach. She goes, how could you say such a mean thing? I'm nothing like him. I said, well, in a way, yes. I said, Mom, you have blamed yourself for all of my father's misdeeds. You've punished yourself for all these on again, start again, stop again diets that you've been on. It's time, mom. We've reached that level of let's forgive. And yeah. I have to, I can tell you this, that was such a big day in my life that I remember it so vividly. But what I got out of that, Coach Wheeler, with all the so-called abuse that he gave me, the gift of forgiveness far surpassed anything that he ever did to me badly. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, and especially that, that, that random encounter in the grocery store. And, and I, mean, I mean, like the advice that you gave him, it was profound. And I know that, that you're now a man of faith. At that point, were you connected to, to God in any way? Or when did God enter the picture for well, you? Well, um, that's a good question. And God entered the picture when I was old enough to understand and say the word. But I wasn't real happy at the time. So I knew I believed in God because I was talking to him all the time saying, why, how could you do this to my family? How could you create this abuse for my mom? How come my dad's in jail? How come we got evicted from an apartment? Right. How the come it's classic, down why does God let evil happen question. Yes, yeah. exactly. And I'm a young man, I'm a boy, I don't know the difference. So yeah, we had a lot of conversations, but they weren't positive. But then, like I told you, I end up in Dallas. No one knew where we were, but I had to let our neighbors know yeah. We're safe. Yeah. I call my mom all day long, Jewish Family Services. She goes to Salvation Army. She goes to First People's Baptist Church. We needed help. We needed money. We needed, she needed gas in a car. She needed food. And I call and I find out through a friend that a neighbor from mine down the street in New York moved to Texas. I said, get me the number. Goes and gets the number later. I call a few hours later. I call the number. Guy answers, hello. I said, Joey. He goes, how'd you get this number? Who is this? I said, it's Larry. He goes, Larry? Larry North from West Hempstead? <laughs> I said, yes. He, I said, Joey, this is a 214 number. Did you move to Dallas? He goes, no. We're in some town called Richardson. Well, that's where the hotel was that our car broke down in Richardson. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's, that's a suburb of Dallas. Yeah. His mother picks up the phone. Very Italian, Maria. Yeah. She goes, How'd you get this number? I, I told her. She said, Larry North from the neighborhood? I said, yes, ma'am. You're coming to our house for a home-cooked meal. <laughs> now, we had been eating such junk, and she's an Italian cook. I couldn't wait. Yeah. I told my mom. I said, Mom, she comes back. I said, Mom, don't be mad at me. But I had to let someone know where we were, and you're not going to believe this. The Morrow family from New York is living in Dallas. They've invited us over for dinner. So she gathers us up. We go into the house. My mom, mom, are you okay? She looked like she's gonna pass out. She looked just white, 
bleach, bleach white. She looks at the sofa. She points to this woman. She goes, what are you doing here? The woman looks back at my mom, goes, what are you doing here? She goes, we know this family from New York. The woman on the sofa goes, my brother is, is his partner in the swimming pool business. My mom held my hand. She said, Larry, that's the woman that's been helping me all day. Oh my God. Sitting in the living room of the Moros. She said, son, there is a God and God wants us here. And that was such a profound moment because it, everything started making sense to me. And ever since then, it makes sense to me because the hardships that have been put in front of me that helped shape my life today were all purposeful. I wouldn't yeah. be who I am. That's where, that's where I, coincidence manifests as providence. A hundred percent. But that was it. That was for my mom to have said that and clinched my hand as tightly as she could. And so that was really a very profound day in my life. And uh, yeah, so that's my one of my many God moments. Yeah. Does faith still play a pretty large role in your life now? It has to, because I feel like I would be empty without that. Believe in something, believe in whatever it is you choose to believe in, but believe in something that, that there's, there's some sort of a higher source. And so, yes, I, more than ever, I think as you get older, you get grandbabies, and you look at your life from the, a distance, you realize there are no coincidence yeah. at all. Yeah, yeah, and, and you, your, your wife, Brenda, she seems like a pretty magical person. I met her yesterday, she was at this event doing guided meditations all day in like this little private room. And I never actually got a chance to, to do one of the meditations with her. But in my brief interaction with her, she just seemed like a super, super cool person. Yeah, Tell well, me about Brendan, how, how you guys came, came to meet and be well, together. Well, we had a mutual friend named Yvonne. This is about 18 years ago. For a year, Yvonne said, you've got to meet Brenda. I just think you guys are going to just hit it off. She was telling Brenda the same thing. But we sort of never got together until a year later. And I remember everything she was wearing that day that I laid eyes on her, everything. I could describe, <laughs> if there was a little thread hanging off her shirt, I could point to it. That's funny, because I remember like when my wife and I were, were like best friends for two years, uh -huh. but the day I actually became like physically attracted to her uh -huh. and kind of fell in love with her, I remember exactly what she was wearing when I took her and some of her friends out to a play, you know, this hot little red skirt and a white top <laughs> and her hair all back in a ponytail. I, I remember that, that exact moment, that's Absolutely. funny. Absolutely. So you remember what Brandon was wearing? Oh, I remember it. We had looked in her eyes and I said, oh my God, I can't believe I'm feeling this. I just looked at this woman one time and I'm feeling something unique and special I've never felt in my life. In fact, I even said to myself later that day, I thought I'd go my whole life without finding that person. Yeah. But I found her. And uh, I'm a good salesman too. So I, took a, <laughs> I, I had to chase her around Dallas for a little while. But as she would say, I was pretty persistent, which yeah. is one of my characteristics. Yeah. And we are now have a beautiful family. And she's, uh, we're there to help each other too. How many kids? Uh, two stepkids for me and two kids for her. Uh, adult Lauren, who actually is a huge fan of Ben Greenfield, listens <laughs> to your podcast all the time. And I'm so proud how many 31 year olds, female that are, are that study biohacking. Yeah. And which is pretty cool. Yeah. And then Landon, my son oh, who's 30. Yeah. Shout out to Lauren. And then, so, you know, speaking of persistence and being a good salesman, you're working with this, this Satori Capital firm, you know, one of our, our, our Ben Greenfield Life, like corporate wellness clients, which is how I originally met you at an event several months ago that I did down here at the offices. But how did you get involved with 
investing? Was that the same time you're doing the talk radio show, or, no. or how'd that happen? No, see, I, I, Ben, I've been in this business 42 years. I worked at my first gym at Doug's Gym downtown. I was 16. I took a bus from Richardson to downtown, which was a hassle back then. So I've been in the business so long. Basically felt like I was born in the gyms, but I knew that when I turned 60, I was going to hand over the reins to the rest of the amazing experts in the field. It was time for me to go. And that's what I did. So in May of this year, I fully retired from that world. And luckily... From the, from the gym world. Yeah, and then just organically went from fitness to finance. So I've had a wonderful career in fitness, and so far I'm having a really nice career in finance as well. So what's it look like for you? Just finding deals for Satori? Or? Yeah, so, so here's... To go back, so the, one of the co-founders who you're very close with, I've known him since his 20s. I don't know if you knew that. And when I first met him, he said, Larry, you're the reason for my first entrepreneurial business. I said, how so? He goes, I used to listen to your show on the weekends. Oh, wow. I talked my parents into letting me <laughs> convert the garage into a gym, and I started training people in the neighborhood. So we had an instant connection. And then Randy, the co-founder, asked for Brenda and I to jumpstart their optimal living program almost eight years ago in February. Okay. And then he asked us if we could come to each office once a month. Well, I'm a good listener. I observe, I watch, I pay attention. Started making some introductions. Some of those introductions were hugely impactful that Randy one day sits down with me and says- You mean introductions to other companies no, in the fitness sector? Uh, no, introductories to people who I thought would benefit from their platform. Okay. And long story short, I ended up having to become a licensed FINRA rep, basically. So I'm a fully licensed broker. I had to take these three not so easy FINRA exams, but I passed them, so I was thrilled about that. And what's FINRA stand for? FINRA is, well, it's, it's where the SEC governs everything. Okay. So you it's have to It's basically to be a registered broker. Yeah, yeah to be a registered. And, and it's, it's pretty thorough. I mean, you have to go through quite a bit. Yeah. But then I source companies to buy. And I've sourced some amazing companies, too. And it's relationships. My relationship portfolio is so valuable to me and so meaningful that if I connect the right dots with the right people, it's the easiest thing I've ever done in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Are you, are you allowed to like name? Cause I know Satori does a lot of like better for you type of brands. Uh, and then I'm just curious if you're able to like name any of the, any of the deals or any of the companies that you think are, are super cool that you guys are working well, with right I think now. all of them. Well, well, the one that I brought was a, you'll love this, a vitamin supplement manufacturer. So Formula Life. Oh, and, Formula Life. Yeah. Okay. So Formula yeah. Life was one of the, the companies I brought to Satori, which has been a, just a wonderful outcome. And you have to understand, these, my values align with these guys. They're all about that, that conscious capitalism and just really, at the end of the day, just doing the right thing, which is very uncommon in the finance world. Yeah. I, I always say they'll throw their babies to alligators if it means making more money. Yeah. Now, I, I know that... You know, fitness enthusiast, 61 years old, you're remarkably well put together. Thank you. And I know you've looked into hormone optimization quite a bit. I think both, both you and, and Brenda have messed around with some of that stuff. Tell me about what you know about hormone optimization and 
how you keep yourself put together in the way that you do. Because I mean, people, I'll put a photo of you along with the uh, along with with the show notes, which will be at bengreenfieldlife.com/larrynorth. If anyone wants to go visit the show notes, bengreenfieldlife.com/larrynorth. But I mean, you cut an impressive figure. Your wife as well looks you know young and put together. So what do you guys do from a hormone optimization standpoint? Well, well thank you for saying that. Number one, and I appreciate that, especially coming from you. I was a flatliner. So what that means is. In my early 30s, I flatlined. I had no testosterone in my body with no explanation. I wasn't an abuser really? of steroids. I took them, but that, that, that wasn't the reason. So, so it was on like pituitary-based or genetic? Yeah, and so how I found out is I used to go to Houston every two months to have my measurements done, and I worked with a nutritionist that I loved uh, in Houston. And my, I'm going backwards. And he's saying, well, stop eating this. I said, I'm, I'm so strict. He says, you need to go to an endocrinologist. I did. And she had quite a sense. You were how old, you said? 31. 31. Yeah, that's pretty young for Yeah, that. so she, was a, she had a good sense of humor, though. She said, uh, your testosterone's 100. I didn't know anything about testosterone numbers. I said, that's an A, right? <laughs> she goes, no. Not 100%. <laughs> she goes, no. She goes, in fact, you're low enough uh, that... If you hurry, you can make the third grade women's volleyball team. Yeah. You know, I had like no testosterone and, and that was a yeah. hundred. So after using testosterone therapy, of course I flatlined, but I worked with a company called BioT Medical. BioT? Yeah, BioT Medical. They, okay. They didn't invent the pellets, but they are pioneers with the pellets. And I believe that you could eat correctly. You could exercise ideal routine get all the sleep you want, but if your hormones are low or extremely low, you're swimming upstream. Yeah. I mean, I almost could walk into any gym and look at people and almost know if they're hormonally low. And it's such a huge game changer. And often people will ask me, well, what are the long-term studies and side effects if you're on testosterone? I said, there's a few side effects, but I could give you a big list of awful side effects if you're low yeah. in hormones. So it was back in 2016, I was backstage speaking at a conference. I had this exhausting 24-hour schedule ahead of me. And one of my friends came up to me and held out his hand and offered me this, you know, so-called like smart drug, right? Like that movie Limitless. It, it was like this nootropic blend of a whole bunch of different ingredients. You know, I'm not that smart. So I just, I swallowed them all. I probably should have asked more questions, but fortunately things turned out pretty well. As a matter of fact, over the next 24 hours, I felt like I'd taken like modafinil or something like that, but with none of like the, the edgy jittery side effects and I slept just fine. So task crushing, mind sharpening, it just fueled my brain. It felt like for the next 48 hours, again, even though I wasn't up all night, it wasn't like a central nervous system stimulant. Turns out they brought this stuff to market about a year later and it's called Qualia Mind. Qualia Mind. It's 28 different high purity vegan non-GMO ingredients that provide you with some of the best mental performance fuel on the planet. Uh, clarity, focus, willpower, mood, very, very good stuff. It's like brain food. So you get 50% off of this stuff right now. And if you use my code, an extra 15% on top of that. So you get a neurohacker.com slash Ben, N-E-U-R-O hacker dot com slash ben and use code bgf it'll get you an extra 15 percent off so you can start experiencing what the best brain fuel on earth can do for you
Well, today I want to talk about organ meats. Most of you know I'm a huge advocate of eating what I call nature's multivitamin on a daily basis. Yes, organ meats. You don't have to put raw liver in your smoothie like I do, though, or heart or kidney or spleen to access the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. Because organ meats, especially those from grass-fed, grass-finished cows, you can actually take in a capsule. Problem is a lot of capsules aren't sourced well or they're simply too difficult to get your hands on when it comes to grass-fed, grass-finished sources. Now, one of my friends, you might know him, his name is Paul Saladino, also known as Carnivore MD on Instagram. He's been on my podcast many times. He founded a company called Heart and Soil. These are grass-fed, grass-finished, regeneratively farmed beef organs in supplement form. You can take them on the go, sprinkle them on food. I'll break open the capsules sometimes. I chew the capsules it's like nature's multivitamin, but on steroids, without actual steroids, don't worry. So uh, you're going to get 10% off of this fine, fine organ meat-based supplements. Go to heartandsoil.co, heartandsoil.co, and use code BEN10, that's BEN10, for 10% off. Heartandsoil.co, and use code BEN10 for 10% off of anything from heart and soil. Howdy, howdy, ho, folks. I am hiring. That's right. I'm hiring. Ben Greenfield Life is looking for an IT specialist. What that means is I need somebody who can help me out with technical and web development, support software systems, optimal performance of the websites, the platforms, the users, the team. I'm really looking for somebody who has a few years working in the IT field who knows things like uh, email service providers, Shopify, WordPress, Klaviyo, backups, you name it, and who also is preferably interested in things like health and fitness and biohacking. Uh, Sauna, Slack, Zoom are three of the programs that we use to support the team at Ben Greenfield Life. And uh, preferably, whoever applies for this position has some pretty good interpersonal skills and can work uh, across a wide variety of teams and customers and external vendors and also just be a total tech head who can fix stuff that goes wrong from a technical standpoint. If you are interested in this job that includes technical support, web development, technology maintenance, and much more, and you want a salaried position full-time that can be done from anywhere in the world, you can apply at bengreenfieldlife.com slash itjob. That's bengreenfieldlife.com slash itjob, and we are hiring soon. We're filling this position quick, so... If you're interested, bengreenfieldlife.com slash IT job. So a lot of the deleterious effects of testosterone therapy typically come when the values are, are getting high. I mean, like 1,200 plus, and that's when you start yeah. to see PSA rise and risk for cardiovascular disease rise. But then when you wash out those numbers, in many cases, you see better brain function, better bone density, obviously. More energy, better you know, saving sleep, off sarcopenia. Yeah, yeah. Better libido, It's better a beautiful sleep. long list of good things that happen. Yeah. And, uh, and so here's what's interesting, though. At BioT was started by OBGYNs. He knew that his female patients were aging out on him, going through menopause. So he really created the company more for women because women rarely check their testosterone levels. Yeah. And my belief is you don't want just one partner to be hormonally optimal. You want to be a hormonally optimal couple. And as you talked about going over 1200, I think most doctors that are knowledgeable about hormone replacement, I think the new norm is like 800 to maybe 1100. Yeah. I find that I feel better a little under a thousand. And Brenda- And we should mention it's highly variable. Like I've seen people do just fine at 400, right? Right, right, right. And it's a personal decision. But for me, it worked out really well. And plus 
as you know, there's that's just one hormone. Yeah. There's lots of other ones. Yeah. I mean, wanna... a lot of the high-functioning couples who I talk to, who I've worked with, the guy is typically on testosterone. Not so much DHEA, because that'll over-aromatize in, in many cases, yeah. or not over-aromatize, but convert into DHT and cause like male pattern baldness and increased aggressiveness and, and ball shrinkage and stuff like that. So typically, guys don't do so much DHEA, but a lot of times, you know, the guys are on like testosterone and a healthy, you know, higher fat, good calorie dense or nutrient dense diet. But then the women, a lot of times, like women aren't aware of this, like how good they can feel, but they're on typically testosterone, progesterone, and DHEA at a minimum. Like, like and, and there are so women who are just like, feel amazing. Yeah, sometimes estrogen depending on the progesterone, person, yeah. estrogen ratios. But, you know, and my wife, for and example, thyroid. she tests, we use the Dutch test for, right. for hormones, which is a, a dried urine right. test. Her testosterone levels are fine, right? But she has somewhat low progesterone and low DHEA. You know, she, she's 41. And so she supplements with transdermal progesterone and then oral DHEA, right? But she doesn't need testosterone. If she was on it, she'd probably have levels that were too high, you know, or I don't know, get, right. some, get some hair on her face or whatever. So it is truly dependent. But one thing you mentioned was the pellets. Tell people who aren't familiar with pellets how those work. Well, so basically you have creams and gels, which I'm not a huge fan of, because uh, what is the skin? The skin's designed to protect. So putting something on your skin and could rub off on your clothes, your dog, your kids. And also it's hard to really stay consistent with a cream or a gel, but it, it is an option. Then there's injectables, which a lot of people do prefer. Um, and pellets, it's sort of a set it and forget it uh -huh. for like anywhere from four to They're six. literally like embedded under your skin. Yeah, right? they look like little rice pellets. They aren't time released, but it works as if they are time released. Right. So you could get them your testosterone pellets, and it's based on what you're like. If your testosterone, let's say you're a male and it's 250, they know how many pellets to get you to 900. Yeah. And you don't have to do anything. You don't have to think about it. So a lot of times with the testosterone injections, you get this big bolus, like once or time, once or two times a week, this big like surge in testosterone that in my opinion, no way matches like the natural kind of diurnal morning and evening surge in testosterone that naturally occurs, for example, in a man. And so you get this big surge and you get a little bit of over aromatization to estrogen, you get like aggressiveness, you get kind of like that up down, almost like a hyperglycemic, hypoglycemic type of response. And, you know, I, I've advised most people either do the pellet or else, you know, with the, with the cream, I think that if you use cream and use a very small amount, like a microdose, and you apply it yeah. like scrotally morning and evening, right. again, the upkeep is a little more difficult. You gotta be careful not to get on people or babies or clothes well, or things like that, but, well, well, but the, the, the pellets are a pretty good option. What you described with the injections is it has a short life. So you get your shot on Monday, really by probably peak on Wednesday, it's already coming back down by Thursday, Friday. So when people say, yeah, I go get shots, I get a shot. Uh, one cc every three weeks. I'm like, oh, because now he's on a roller coaster. So one of the things is that you do want to maintain consistency within your hormone levels. But I'll say this, and I could be wrong. I think most men that are over 45, if they don't know their testosterone number, I'm going to guess that it's low or yeah. low normal. Yeah. So get a blood test. That's right. the first easy. Right. In my, in my opinion, salivary or urine test is even yeah. better because that'll yeah. give oh, you like yeah. a 24 oh, hour value. And it's a game changer for some people. Yeah. Complete game changer. And it's a, it saves marriages. In fact, That's a good point. yeah. In addition to testosterone being something that can impede or accelerate weight loss, depending on what your levels are. 
I mean, you, you mentioned that in these 35 years of talk radio, a lot of people are interested in losing weight, burning fat, accelerating metabolism, et cetera. Did you discover that there were kind of like patterns or, or trends that you would see that would either be the reasons people wouldn't lose weight or the things that you felt moved the dial the most for folks, whether, whether you know, emotionally or intellectually or physically or anything else? Well, we know that nutrition has got to be at the top of the list. And as you alluded to earlier, there's so many different ways. You know, a lot of things work to lose weight. I imagine sticking your finger down your throat might work to lose weight, but obviously we yeah. wouldn't recommend that. And we also know that you could follow sort of a traditional bodybuilding diet, you know, five, six meals a day, you know, yeah. low fat, high Brick protein. Brick and lean chicken and rice yeah, and hate yeah. yourself and, for 20 years. Yeah, and if you want to eat like that and have your life disrupted and think about food every two hours, that would work to get you lean. But there's better ways and there's more efficient ways. But at the end of the day, if someone's goal is to lose weight and they say they're not, let's narrow it down. We've already talked about most of it. Exercise. We can go right there. So if they're not exercising, that'll accelerate some weight loss. What type of exercising? Change the type. Could accelerate weight loss, fat loss. Nutrition. We know that calories do matter. We know that protein matters. We know that quality of food matters. So we can just start pinpointing where they might be failing. Hormones. If you're, you can do all that good nutrition and exercise, and that's good. Nothing wrong with that. But if you've hit the brick wall, get the hormones checked. Also too, we know that a lot of people are on medications. A lot of medications have just awful side effects from bloating to increased appetite. Yeah, micronutrient depletion, which is Absolutely. Huge one. So find out, I'm not saying to get off the meds that your doctor's having you use, but maybe there's alternatives, or maybe if you get healthier, you may not need them. And I would say there's a, Another component, the fifth is the mind. Learn behavior, attitude. So many people still to this day, because you're surrounded by all these sort of information seekers. Right. But if you cast a little beyond them, it's still USA. People that are somewhat clueless, but they think that something that's good for them tastes bad. And something that tastes good must be bad for them. Right. And or they just the whole the, the, they push back right away. I don't want to change my eating habits or maybe they grew up in the South and they're used to eating certain types of cuisine. So right. mentally or they're self-conscious around their friends and their family absolutely. turning down certain foods. Oh, or just like my mom, you know, she'd go on a, a diet. And my dad, dad would say, ah, you're on another diet that won't work. So there's a lot of emotional baggage that comes with a lot of people that have struggled with weight control too. So if they change their mind, they move their body, they make better for you food choices, they stay hormonally optimal, and assuming they're not on any medications, it's impossible for them not to get results. Yeah, yeah. How do you and Brenda eat? Um, that's a great question. I'm gonna be honest with you. I fought it for a long time. I'm an old school guy. Ben. So what worked for me was no longer starting to work. And I was starting to resent having to cook food, have food, special order food. It just got tiresome after a while. And the guy that I go to get my blood work, which I do every three months, he kept pushing me, go lower carb. I'm telling you, 
He could look at my blood work. My triglycerides were never like Brenda's. Always Hers are always 50 or 60. And mine could never break 100. And I finally did it. I switched to three meals. Mm-hmm. When I'm wanting to get lean, no snacking. So you, you got out of that like six meals a day got to keep your metabolism it. elevated and, type of mentality. Oh, and I learned so much. One, I three meals, and it's quality protein, good fats, and good fibrous vegetables, and very little carb for me. Brenda can take in a little bit more carbs with her body type. And I thought, there's no way this is going to work. I'm not getting enough protein. Yeah. I can eat out without even having to drive the server crazy and upset the kitchen. And it just, over time, I'm like, oh my God, I'm going on my in-body and I'm like getting rapid results. Right. So Primarily by cutting meal frequency down to three times per day and then cutting carbs. Cutting carbs and, and not snacking. Right. Now the, that's the Which not- is huge. That's what I, I tell a lot of people, cut down to three meals a day and then you actually look at their diet and they'll like grab a handful of almonds, walk in through the office or, you know, finish their kid's meal after they finish they, their they, meal. They don't count and by the end of the day, you got like up. 600 extra yeah. calories. They don't yeah. count the calories they eat when they're standing up. Right. Exactly. Looking into the yeah. refrigerator. Those don't count. Like my mom said, yeah. if you eat standing up, it's all calorie free. Yeah. 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 And so, yeah, it was. So, so now I'm like, okay. Now, and then there's other things. When you're 31 years old or 35 or even 40, are you that concerned about inflammation? Well, get to 60, you start to get concerned about inflammation. Right, right. And so Which all completely these- completely blunts fat oxidation. Yeah, all these good things started happening as I got out of my stubborn mindset. So my advice to people is be open-minded. Be open to trying new things. And I think that's where food science and gurus like yourself have really changed the food narrative. Yeah. Yeah. For you, when you say low carb, do you like keep track of actual grams? Because for some people, that's 20 grams. You know, like the keto people are 20 to 40 grams. Others, low carb, it's like 100 to 150. Or do you just kind of like average? I'm average. I'd say on a get lean cycle right now where I'm wanting to get leaner, uh, probably 50 to 80. Yeah. I'm pretty physically active. I typically am close to 100 to 200 grams of carbs a day. Most of them in the evening with dinner, so I'm in fat burning mode all day long. I'll typically have some low glycemic index blueberries with my smoothie in the morning during the summer and the spring and and the warmer months where there's exposure to the sun because the sun can actually increase your your insulin sensitivity. So my glycemic variability is is fine just with berries and then I just go into fat burning mode all day long, protein and vegetables like you described and good fatty acids. And then I'll do anywhere from 100 to 200 carbs with dinner, right? 200 grams of carbs with dinner, like sweet potatoes, red wine, a little chunk of dark chocolate or whatever. And I stay, I think the two keys that I have, and obviously I've still got the high metabolism. I'm, you know, 21 years younger than you are. But between that and then every single day, I do 20 to 45 minutes of exercise fasted when I get up in the morning and I always finish with two to five minutes of cold. And I'm convinced that like cold is that variable that pushes people over to the edge. Cause that's what I discussed in my talk yesterday. It's like, that's that hormetic stress, that discomfort scenario. And from a thermoregulatory standpoint and a blood glucose control standpoint, I've seen nothing come close to just like getting into shiver mode when you're fasted preferably with some kind of caffeine or something in your system, which accelerates it even more. But consistently every day, like I never have to worry about my lean body mass or my fat percentage if I'm doing those two things consistently. Cutting carbs and saving them for the end of the day and then the aerobic fasted exercise with the cold in the morning. And And it just works like gangbusters. And you do it wherever you are. Even if you're traveling, you travel a lot. I'll tell you something interesting. So going back to like no 
access to technology. Do you know when they used to tell you to eat your carbs? Oh, pro- probably yeah. all with breakfast. In the morning. Know, oatmeal, oatmeal and cereal. In the morning. Right? Yeah. So there's an example of they were wrong. Yeah. It's better to eat them in the evening. I, you know, I, I don't know that they were wrong as much as that. The, the argument was, well, you're more insulin sensitive in the morning right, right, due to right, that right, cortisol right, exactly. waking response, which is true. But yes. by not giving your body carbohydrates, your, or not giving your body a lot of carbohydrates at least, because fat, fat oxidation does need a little bit of glucose in order to occur. But basically, by limiting carbohydrates in the morning, you're forcing your body to burn an alternative exactly. fuel, typically fats or ketones or some proteins, the rest of the day. And then people are like, why would you eat carbs in the evening when you're less insulin sensitive in the evening? And the reason is because it's very easy to induce a state of insulin sensitivity by doing an evening exercise session, by having a shot of apple cider vinegar before you have dinner or some kind of blood glucose disposal agent, by doing a cold shower in the, in the later afternoon or the early evening. So it's kind of like you can have your cake and eat it too, but the key is to kind of realize that even though you're more insulin sensitive in the morning, that doesn't mean it's the best time of day to eat carbs. Probably the only exception being if you're like an athlete who's exercising all day long, like you gotta keep the glycogen right. coming in. But if we're talking about fat loss. Well, well you bring up a great point just there. Let's take the diet of people that play professional football. That receiver yeah. has to be single-digit body fat. The, the, the running back needs to have more body fat. The, right. the, the linemen have to have that extra uh, body weight. So all three diets are going to be different because they're very specific. And so how do we get specific with the average person that's listening just to lose weight? You just, you just pretty much nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, obviously the physical activity component is a part of this. Yesterday, like I, I started my talk talking about walking and how most people, the very first thing they need to do is just get 10,000 steps a day. And I don't care how it's done, you know, in the evening after dinner, taking your phone calls or walking. You know, some people ask me, you know, why do you do your podcast when you guys are walking? And I say, well, because I practice what I preach. If Why would we sit down in chairs to walk? And I know, you know, you got a little bit of a, of a bum hip going on right now, Larry, but you're, you're graciously out in a stroll in the sunshine anyways. We're getting vitamin this. D and the fresh air. And so, you know, I talked a lot about that minimum goal of 10,000 steps a day, but I'm curious for, for you or for Brenda, do you guys have other things that, that over the years you've just found a freaking work when it comes to exercise? <laughs> yeah, weight. You know, I always say the, the fountain of youth is that water fountain in the weight room usually. <laughs> so weight, I mean, you know, and there's so many different not ways. Not the actual water fountain though, yeah, folks. Yeah, not Drinking the pharmaceuticals. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, she's, she is a yoga fanatic. Certified yoga, in, like hot yoga, she, or just she yoga? likes every kind of yoga. She's yeah. certified in Kundalini yoga. So when you were talking okay. about breath, I looked at Brenda because she does an hour of breath work every yeah. every day. Yeah, and so that's her form of release and exercise. But I always say this: no matter how fast you can run, you cannot run a donut. It's going to catch you. <laughs> you ain't going to outrun that donut. And I, I used to say maybe. I, well, you actually can from a body fat stand because I know a lot of. I, when I was an Ironman triathlete, I used well, to yeah, pull it for cinnamon rolls and cookies yeah, all the time. See, there's an but example. Even but, though I was lean, I was hyper inflamed. Right. Yeah. And, and, and the gut were, and the gut was horrific. And you were also yeah, and so and you were an elite athlete too, but most runners will someday say the same thing. I used to be a runner. Yeah. 
It's just I say that. Duty on your body, man. <laughs> it is. And I, I tell people now, I run to the mailbox. I was, like I was saying, I run to play a little bit of pickleball and tennis and everything else. I just walk. And I feel so much better considering running to be a sprinting activity. Or occasionally, if I just got to like hoof it to a meeting, I, I walk a lot when I travel. And sometimes I'm late for a meeting, so I'll run. It's pretty rare, though, that I just go for a run. Because it just right. it beats up. It's great if you want to go do a triathlon or, or a marathon or something. But... I mean, it's not going to make you healthy, and it's not the best way to lose weight. Do you realize when you said that yesterday in your presentation, that was the most beautiful orchestra to my ears because Ben Greenfield, (laughs) the super intense athlete, is saying, hey, walk, move your body. That's all I've been ever saying is you walk, and I'm a walker. I've been a walker my whole life, and I'm like, all right, I'm spot on. I'm doing the walk. And if people would just do that, it's such a, a, a great way to just biohack in a sense. You're pretty muscular. What kind of weightlifting do you do at your age? I do old school. Um, like bodybuilding style? Uh, or just, just tell me about yeah, it. Yeah, I, so I, I lift weights probably five, six times a week. Never, I set my clock for 60 minutes. Because no matter where I am in the workout, I will not be in that gym more than 60 minutes. Yeah, that's funny. That's what I tell my. I go to the gym, I set the clock for 60 minutes. And that might not include like jumping in the pool afterwards or whatever. Right. But I tell myself, if I, if I got to be doing this longer than 60 minutes, I'm probably if, doing if, something wrong. If I can't get it done in 60, and usually I get it done like in 45, but I do like to split the body parts up. And we, I, I'm an intuitive trainer. I just sort of train based on what I, what I feel. I just love that. The, the gym is my meditation. That's where I've been for since I'm a teenager and I just, uh, I love that place. Yeah, yeah. Well, Simple routine, but I still do excellent form, good technique. I'm isolating my muscles when I work out. I've, I've been doing this so long that it's just second nature to be able to get the most out of my workouts. Yeah. You know, a lot of, a lot of like older people who I talk to say that they, as they get older, they really struggle with sleep. Have you found that to be the case yeah. with you, with Brendan? What do you guys do about that? She can sleep, boy. She's a, I'm, the, I'm that guy. Sounds like my wife. She, yeah. she sleeps like a log. Yeah, I mean, it sleep's an issue. I, if I remember correctly, at the BioT clinic, the number one prescribed medication are sleeping aids. And it's a problem. Uh, I've, I've had a bit of a problem over the years sleeping, and a lot of it's like now I uh, have a bad hip that needs replaced, so that it's hard to get comfortable. Yeah. But Brenda is a great sleeper, and sleep is a big deal to us. But it's funny. We go to bed pretty early, like 8.30, like, oh, okay. 8.30 9, yeah, 9.30, 10. Yeah. We're, we're in the bed. And my wife and I go to bed at 9.30, so, yeah. 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 Do you, have you tried the, uh, the key on sleep? Not to toot my own horn. I but, need to. Dude, and I haven't. Yeah, I got to get you a bottle. That stuff works like gangbusters. You, know, you, you were also telling me about this idea of, I think what you described as like a lack story. I wasn't sure you meant by that, but, but yeah. get into that, because it's obviously something uh, you want to share. Let me give you the Reader's Digest version. I was 27 years old. My brother was 17. He lived with me. I had power of attorney. He's a twin. My other brother went with my mother, who had cancer surgery. She went to California to recuperate with her, uh, with her sister. And, you know, we lived in a pretty dumpy apartment, and I had to take care of him, and I'm bouncing in bars, and I'm training people, and I'm just getting by. And a very prominent, wealthy man in Dallas uh, requested me to meet with him. He wanted me to train him. Yeah. He lived all across town in the nicest neighborhood, maybe in the southwest, called Highland Park. I said, Henry, I, I can't do this, man. I, it's not worth it just to come all the way here to train you. He says, have you ever thought about having your own gym? 
I said, thought? That's all I ever think about. I, I, people get nauseated me talking about my own gym so much. Yeah. So he shows And by me. the way, that's funny, because when I was a personal trainer, like a fledgling beginning personal trainer, that was like top of the totem pole someday, open your own suit, which I wound up opening two of them, but, but yeah, Absolutely. It's, it's totally a personal trainer thing. That's yes, like a, it is. Well, that's, like that's, a way, a server, a, finish line. a server wants a restaurant, yeah. you know, our chef. So, so they put a lease in front of me. I was smart enough to have a, a broker look at it. It was a great deal, it looked like. And I sign it, and I get home. My brother's sleeping. I said, Adam, wake up. Look at this, baby. I just signed a lease to the Highland Park <laughs> Village. And I'm like so pumped up. He goes, he goes, he, he, he literally to this day calls me big bro. He goes, big bro, how are you gonna do that? You don't have any money. I said, hey, don't worry about that. Come down three flights of stairs, help me with this new piece of furniture for our apartment. <laughs> it was a treadmill. Yeah. So we lugged the treadmill up. And I said, Adam, I've got a lot to do. I'll be back in a few hours. So you know what he does? He puts the treadmill where he could see himself in his bathroom mirror. Uh -huh. I come back, he's jogging in tidy whities and white sneakers. Uh -huh. I said, what are you doing? He says, big brother, if you're gonna open up a gym, I gotta get in shape. I shut the treadmill off. Uh -huh. I said, sit down, we're gonna have a talk. I said, Adam, this is my dream. This is my dream. I know it's not your dream. What's your dream? Because I'm gonna need your help. And if you help me live my dream, I will do everything in my power to help you live your dream. He said, well, I wanna retire when I'm 35. I wanna travel around the world and I wanna live the good life. I said, could you repeat that? He repeats it like it was a reel spinning in his head. Yeah. And he repeats it. And I said, Adam, all right, that's an ambitious goal. And all of a sudden he goes, well, how are you gonna do this gym with, with no money? I said, Adam, from this point forward, I'm not gonna get let lack of money, lack of family support, lack of believers, lack of friends, lack of schooling, lack of education, stop me, prevent me from achieving everything I want. Because if I do, if I allow those roadblocks, I'm gonna be stuck in this junky apartment the rest of my life. And you can't do the same either. You've got to push back that. You've got to figure out how you can get beyond those objections. And so Ben, I got that gym open and the rest is history. But my brother, yeah. he didn't retire when he was 35. He was 36. He didn't go around the world once. He did it twice on that American Airlines flight. He retired flight. when he was 36? Yeah. How did he make his money? He was in the restaurant business. He had stock in a publicly traded company. And when they sold it, he said, I'm checking out. He lives the good wow. life in Tulum, where he has a place. And he just built a place in Thailand. Holy cow. Living the good life. Wow. Wow. Man, that, that dude, yeah. that's a it goes back impressive to, 36 years old. Uh, he's 52 now. Yeah. And just a beautiful heart space human being. But we went through a lot. And like we talked about earlier in this podcast, everybody goes through a lot. If they don't, give it some time. It'll catch up with you, I promise. But it's all part of it's it's all part of our personal story and our and our personal roadmap. So yeah, it, it all worked out well, taking a few risks. So what what a, what do you envision for you? I mean now now that you're working with with uh, Satori, now that you're a registered broker, where do you see the next like five, 10 years going for you? 
Uh, that's a great question. I'm going to do extremely well in this field, which is so, you know, I hate to say easy because it's just, I think often at times we can make things look easy when they're a lot harder than they really are. But it's such a pleasurable job for me that I could probably do anything I want. But I don't know what 70 has in store for me. But, uh, you know, I, you know, just really probably live that good life like my brother. Yeah. Just enjoy life and be my best self. Yeah. I want to always be an ambassador to, yeah. the, to the field that gave me a good life. Yeah. So I just want to represent well. Yeah. And of all the stuff that you, you said you picked up a few things yesterday, you know, all the newfangled stuff, right? Like I imagine when I'm 61 and I go to some exercise conference or something like that, I'm going to see stuff that I'm just like, holy cow, I didn't know about that. Anything yesterday you think is really going to stick with you as far as just like things you're going to incorporate? I have a feeling 20 years from now, you'll be the one speaking on stage. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, really some of the simple things that I was not doing, like getting sunlight, staying grounded by just taking my shoes off and just letting the earth, you know, fill up my, my toes. Yeah. Uh, you know, things like not understanding how the various light you have could be damaging. Right. And you mean like LEG versus halogen and, versus incandescent. And I thought I was doing something good uh, drinking out of a plastic water ball because I'm drinking <laughs> filtered water. But Oops. I guess there's just so much yeah. that you can add to your repertoire and your goal to be your best. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, what, what I have noticed about you and a lot of people who stay remarkably well put together as they age is like they stay constantly curious. They're always adjusting, always adding, always humble enough to make changes, even when they hear from, you know, the young whippersnappers or whatever, what they should be doing rather than staying stuck in their ways. And I mean, I, I, I see a guy like you just continue to evolve, you know, to your... Well, 70s and beyond is it's actually been pretty cool to get to know you because i thank you I, I find you and brenda pretty inspiring I, well, I gotta i was telling you, i gotta get brenda to meet my wife now well no question and it's mutual i think god put us in our lives for a very specific reason and you know it's like a black belt a lot of people don't know the history of a black belt it might be a great place to sort of end yeah there was only two two colors basically and it was white it got black through experience through dirt it got dirty that's how it got black but then over time, over, over time, your black belt wore off again yeah. and it got white. Yeah. So in essence, I'm a white belt. Yeah. I, I, I've, I've done all my teaching. Now I want to learn. Now I want to be in the audience. <laughs> I want to be a student. I want to raise my hand and say, Ben, what about this? <laughs> That's what I'm going to have to title this podcast, Larry, how, how, how to be a forever white belt. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. well, I'm going to put all the show notes for people along with links to everything you sent over because you sent over some fantastic PowerPoint presentations from talks that you've given on things we didn't get a chance to delve into that much, relationships, networking, inspiration, etc. So I'm going to put all that at bengreenfieldlife.com slash Larry North. Those of you listening in, bengreenfieldlife.com slash Larry North. Uh, if you want to learn more about Larry, go to the show notes. I'll link to what he does. Uh, if you want to learn more about uh, Satori and, and their efforts in conscious capitalism, I'll link to, to them as well. And if you want to leave questions or comments or feedback from me or for Larry, this is always an ongoing conversation. You go to bengreenforlife.com slash Larry North. Larry, thanks for coming on the show, My man. My pleasure. This has been a pure joy. That's right. Thank pure, you. Pure joy along with 5,000 steps and some sunshine, baby. All right. Later, everybody. More than ever these days, people like you and me need a fresh, entertaining, well-informed, and 
often outside the box approach to discovering the health and happiness and hope that we all crave. So I hope I've been able to do that for you on this episode today. And if you liked it, or if you love what I'm up to, then please leave me a review on your preferred podcast listening channel, wherever that might be. And just find the Ben Greenfield Life episode. Say something nice. Thanks so much. It means a lot.